Welcome to Spirited Shorts, a supplemental episode for all of you that can't get enough of us. It's Madeline sized. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, we're going to talk about our book of the month for what month? I don't even September? know. September? Really? Yeah. Not August? August was uh, making history. Oh, geez. I just feel like... Like, I was saying this today to Dylan. I feel like September... Like, we've been in September for an eternity, but we also just entered it. It's like the never-ending, but also very quickly moving month. That's how I feel about August, usually, because mm-hmm. school starts. It's the hottest month. It sucks. <laughs> So, no, I understand. So, yeah. Well, see, which is weird because I was looking at the, I was a few days off and I was looking at the calendar going, this month's almost over. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wait, there's an extra week there. But it also okay. does still feel like it's almost over. Like I've gotten very little done. Like I just started my beginning of the month stuff that I normally do for the cafe yeah. today and it's halfway through the month. So, Baru, okay, well, let's talk about our book that when, we both finished. When, well, I would hope so. When, when, I did say that like I was like we both finished. Yeah, we actually did. That wasn't being yeah. sarcastic. We're good. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it was good. Uh, when women were dragons by Kelly Barnhill. Yes. You want me to do a synopsis or you sure. want to go ahead? Synopsises. You do that because I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. I'm. I'm looking something up real quick. So go ahead and synopsisize. Okay, great. Well, when women were dragons, were about dragons and women, and when they were. <laughs> okay, I'm regretting my decisions. <laughs> no. Okay. Um. So it's an alternate history uh, set in 1955 and then mm, 19... It's the 50s and like I think it moves into the 60s. Yeah, I mean, by the end of the main character is mm-hmm. uh, past college age. So, But in uh, 1955, there's a significant event called the Mass Dragoning where hundreds of thousands of housewives and mothers sprouted wings and scales and talons and just left their homes and their work and their families and just a destruction, just a wake um, as they just all kind of took to the skies and disappeared. Um, So they just kind of left for good. You don't really necessarily hear about some of them again. Uh, And the whole beginning of the book is talking about, um, was it their choice? Will they come back? Will it happen again? Is it just women? What else happens? And so um, it's the story focuses around a main character, Alex, and her growing up without her mom because her mom mass dragoned, right? Doesn't her, oh no, her mom died. That's right. Ugh, her aunt mass dragons. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so her aunt, her aunt dragons, dragons. Her mom never does when her mom passes away from cancer. Yeah, you, you. There's. I feel like there was a. You're kind of led to believe that she, the cancer kept her from. Right. Like there it, was a couple. It, yeah, we'll talk about that. The women yeah. who didn't dragon, why they yeah. didn't, why they didn't choose. So she's raised by her father, who is the absolute worst person. Mm-hmm. Um, so he grows more and more distant, ends up marrying another uh, family. Well, and almost, almost more than just being raised. She raises herself. Right. And has to deal with her terrible father. Right. And then really, I mean, she does yeah. raise herself because by high school, she's by herself yes, with her sister. She, yeah, her, her niece slash sister. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's the story mostly follows Alex um, mm-hmm. and her journey as she's um, learning about the dragoning, learning about the phenomena herself, seeing it happen, um, deciding whether she's going to do it, and this it's it's kind of a faux pas to talk about it. It's like talking about, you know, like your period in the fifties. You just didn't sure. do it, and so it's about her being silenced and going through that, and the uh, the women in her life that support her and walk her through the process. So, 
uh, that's kind of the synopsis. So, what do you think? Well, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I um I liked the structure of it. I liked that we were looking at that we had Alex telling us a story. This was in first person. I didn't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex was telling us a story, but it was intercut with these really cool, very official like transcripts from House on Un-American Activities committee meetings. Mm-hmm. Because in this in in this version of history, more than just the communist threat, there was this dragoning threat, and mm-hmm. so the government was maintaining a very tight hold on anything uh, sensational. Maybe mm-hmm. I guess the way way to say it and then also you also have a you also have accounts from a uh, professor h in gantz who mm-hmm. is studying dragons and writing books on dragons and it's it's cool to see those throughout especially as we we kind of follow alex's long journey into finally meeting up with dr gantz and the and almost being willing to accept the whole here's what happened mm-hmm. and because she's 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 got a lot of damage um just from her life circumstances and then also from the whole event of all these women turning into dragons right. and she's got she's dealing with abandonment and being responsible and trying to be motivated and it's right. um it's an interesting for her it's an interesting point of view that she, you kind of realize from the beginning that she's something important in this story right. as far as the history, this event goes, but she's so desperately trying to not acknowledge it. Right. Yeah. That was one thing that I really had to adjust to. Cause I kind of expected that I was going to go into the story just based off of the title and the description. You think it's going to be about the dragons and about this like feminist rage. And you think you're going to follow the story of these dragons and these women who have rebelled. Cause it is obviously like an allegory for, or a metaphor for women rebelling and um, breaking out of their like confined housewife, nineteen mm, fifty housewife. It's an empowerment tale, right? But it doesn't really necessarily focus on that very much. It's much more about Alex and her self discovery and her grief and how us ignoring the past doesn't change it and doesn't mm-hmm. mean we aren't affected by it. Um, and so it's really just more about her journey versus. The dragons necessarily you don't really the dragons are like secondary to right to it so i had to adjust to that because i did i was kind of expecting this you know feminine rage storm which you got a little yeah. bit but it wasn't i mean well, you, even you, you get some of that from some of like her aunt marla yeah the secondary and, characters yeah, for sure you the, get, you've got alex who has been gaslit into right not being able to process it right and she's so scared of it affecting her again because it just completely shook her first half of her life that she's determined to not allow her sister to do it but her sister does end up doing it and is able mm-hmm. to go back and forth actually which is really cool yeah. um but she it's so much like three quarters of the book is this perspective of her really trying to contain it in her own way too you know right i thought that was really interesting um i, I a lot of people push back on that that they wanted it to be more about this like feminist empowerment book and it's really it's more just about a confused child and their anger and their processing all of this i felt there were very real elements coming through where Mm -hmm. she is raising her sister in a very small apartment and also going to high school and she's 
consistently dri- driven to do the best she can in school and take care of Beatrice. Right. In spite of her father's behavior. Um, she wasn't, she could have just kind of crawled into herself and, right. and become what a lot of the, a lot of the stories that we know of women in this time. Right. Uh, but she strove to ascend. And I think part of it is because um, she was, her aunt and her mom had both left. Mm-hmm. Her mom had died. Her aunt had become a dragon and left her with a child to take care of. Right. And also just Alex's mother is this, like she's a genius mm-hmm. that was kind of beaten down into just being a housewife. Right. And just kind of relegated herself and i think alex was i think that's part of her she's going to do this but her reality is this is what happens even if you're a genius yeah definitely and i think that what i i liked about it is that you can be a feminist or you can be you know fight the power or be different or work toward change without being a dragon you know necessarily and so alex just because because she chooses to never dragon. She's she could and her girlfriend does and her sister does and she never does. Um and I think that that speaks to that speaks volumes to in the way our world is and the way things are changing. Just if you, just because you're a housewife or a stay-at-home mom, none of that is any less. That's not the issue. That's not what feminism is about. It's not making those roles less than or less important. It's about also, you know, in um improving or um acknowledging that other you know these people who do want to dragon or do want to escape their lives are still valued and still worthy you know to be a part of our society and so because that's the whole thing is they end up accepting the dragons in the end and bringing them back into a society when we see we see that just because the women turn into dragons they're not useless they they do things right which is and they're charming Right, they're amazing. The they Dragon do. Bread Factory yeah. is like one of my favorite parts the of the Dragon book. Bread Factory. The 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 um, aren't there a couple of them that start repairing houses and like yep. like because they're big, they can paint houses. And then they know? literally at one point they're like security guards at a prom. Yes, yeah. they, they chaperone the prom. Marla doesn't she go back to repairing things? Yeah, um, yeah, like she they, was a mechanic before. Yeah, yeah she which was, was a, already a big deal to be a female. Yeah, mechanic well, she was a pilot and a mechanic. Yes, she's a badass. And she had and she had her disinterested husband. That she could just get by with, you know. Yeah. So as a a white male, I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> How did you feel about the lack of intersectionality in the book? Like it was just about white oppressed housewives. It didn't have anything about like trans women. It didn't have much about women of color. It didn't really touch on that at all. And I wasn't sure if you thought it was intentional, if it was the focus was supposed to be the white housewife, or if it was a misstep on the author's part. Um. Because, I mean, there was definitely queer characters. There was queer yeah. representation, but there was no really discussion about Not different... really. You hear, I mean, there's you hear a little bit about different, because the, the event is a worldwide event. So mm-hmm. you do hear a little bit about that. But you also are, I think, at the in, the, in this story at least, are they in Vermont? Mm. I think. I mean, they're definitely in a predominantly white area. And that's, they're in a very, and her bubble is very small. Alex's bubble is very small. I don't know if the author was, I don't think the author was like, I will not talk about this. I wonder how, 
because I did think there were moments I thought where the book got a little long. I I have and a note about that, <laughs> and it wasn't really a long book. And I'm wondering if the author had to keep things very lean, and and also, I mean, because I think if we were to talk about if we were going to bring in various other cultural rep- representations into this story that takes place in the United States, your topic is going to get bigger because yeah. we're going to go from oppressed housewife to homophobia homophobia racism yes yeah and i think and i think where we're at in this story is in the middle and upper the working middle and upper middle class that's where you're seeing so much of this patriarchal attitude is coming from the anglo side of it all right and i think um you know obviously there are different levels of trauma and different levels of abuse obviously that's you know we don't have to even really defend that but comparing trauma or saying well why didn't you also include this trauma or whatever i mean there's still the, the the women who suffered in the 50s who were still from wealthy homes or from the white middle class they, they were still suffering there uh-huh. there was still trauma and oppression and it wasn't equitable obviously i mean i can't even imagine what women of color or queer women of color went through um but it doesn't necessarily downgrade Right. what everybody else went through. So I think it's okay to have a story that focuses on one area of it. Because it's yeah. like you said, if you start to include everything, I mean, you could just go on and on and on about how women were treated in the 50s. Sure. And women, I mean, I mean, women in poverty and women in different country. I mean, it's just, it's staggering to talk about and to sure. include. So I didn't have as much of a problem with it, but I mean, there were lots of people that had issues with it. Yeah, I think the issue she was... I think the issue she was really going for, at least in this, as far as Alex's experience, I think kept it in a very specific cross-section of culture. This would be a totally different story if it was written in a lower class, like urban city-dwelling environment. I mean, her dad wasn't able to afford to pay for two families because he does end up moving them out of their home, the Alex and Beatrice, and makes them live on... I mean, so he's able to... Afford two homes, even though the home he put them in is yeah. shitty. Because well, and what I feel is that she was, I what I felt she was directing this at was the the leave it to Beaver, right? Demographic that that middle class America thing that almost like turns into like a Stepford Wives situation. Well, and it's interesting that like we're talking about this, and don't worry, darling's about to come out, which is very much about like, you know, shut up and sit down. You're in this like. You know, I mean, there are mm-hmm. people of color in that in that sh- movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I you know know the cast. But um, it is very much like, hey, we're the man. We're you know we're providing for you. Uh-huh. So just don't if something doesn't feel right or doesn't look right, it's not your business because you're not the provider of the household. So just you know sure. cook dinner, make babies, and be quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I think because one of the one of the 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 visuals I got throughout reading this, the actual not the dragon parts, was. It kept making me think of Mad Men, right? Which is a show about female empowerment, but the setting of the show, characters of other ethnicities, they come in and out, but because of where they are relegated to by the same villains in that right. as in this, this story is more of the struggle of these particular women at the time. Right. But like the show because it's so much longer, is able to pull in. Pull, they, there's more that comes and goes. 
this I kind of feel I don't know if there was I I be, I would be interested to see what it would I mean to think about what it would look like I think it would we would leave Alex behind. Oh yeah, because I mean her story is so, so... cuz it's her story is in a very narrow world. Well, or a very small world. Almost I don't want to say inconsequential compared to other stories that could be told right. but yeah. Um, I want to read a quote by the author real quick um, that was in the acknowledgments section of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, remind me of the author's name again. Kelly Barnhill. Kelly Barnhill. So she says, I thought I was writing a story about rage. I wasn't. There is certainly rage in this novel, but it is about more than that. In its heart, this is a story about memory and trauma. It's about the damage we do to ourselves and our community when we refuse to talk about the past. It's about the memories that we don't understand and can't put into context until we learn more about that world. So it's talking kind of more about what we were talking about, how it's not even just a feminist book. It's mm-hmm. really about trauma and our memories and how we process all that. Um, and then I felt like it was a big love letter to librarians. <laughs> Cause there's, that, yes. yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of librarian love and librarian support. And I mean, Alex literally would not have been able to dig herself out of the hole that her father put her in without that librarian. Nope. And she was not, and she was a compassionate yeah. person because Alex, pretty much anyone that helps Alex in the story gets treated like shit by Alex at some point because Alex can't deal with some stuff. No, she can't process and it. Anybody yeah. would be on her side. Exactly. And so yeah. she's able to hold on. The, or the people that the, the characters are, they give her enough. Right. Grace, that she can then realize what's happening. And I think I remember texting you and Walter because we all read this kind of at the same time. So many times where I was like, if someone doesn't give Alex a break, like there, there is no way she can ever win or pull herself. And that's oh, kind of like yeah. that cycle of poverty and that cycle of um, just like family trauma. It just it it can feel so overwhelming. There's just no way to crawl out of it sometimes. Well, I think we I think it, I, I, I remember when. I, I had started it, and then you you started it, and Walter started it. And I remember I could tell when all of you reached, I think it was like page 90, because it would be text, well, her dad's the worst. And it just kept going because yeah. the principal sucks, and then the teachers suck, yes. and then Like her... each each big chunk of each like yes. act has a villain. Yes. Um, And you're like, can she just get a break? Like what? The yeah. landlord sucks, and it's like the boy in her class. It's just, I'm so, I was so over it. I was, and I think that's the point. Is you're supposed to be over right. men in this book at some point, you know? It's yeah. like just stop, you know. So, uh, it's so frustrating. But I really, really liked that there was that redeeming character that, like, pushed through the hard stuff with Alex. Like you said, mm-hmm. Alex is really reactionary and not trusting, and this librarian pushes through this and is like, "I see you and I love you, and you know, I'm gonna work through this trauma with you, even though you're really hard to deal with right now." Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so hard because like inherited family trauma is just it's not anybody's fault. I mean, it's the people who started the trauma's fault, but that's a whole other discussion. But the people who inherited it, it's not their weight to bear, but they're still bearing it. And it's just it's unfair, but it's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's the way our world is, it's the way that our family system is sometimes and unless someone believes in you or can help you dig yourself out of that hole. Because, I mean, Alex was really trying. She was working really hard. Right. And it still didn't matter. You know, she couldn't get a break. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, I, and I understand and agree with the, at some point, you're just done with all these people that are messing her life up. But I feel like that 
led to some pacing issues. Yeah, I and especially in the latter half. Um, where you're like, okay, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was, there was a, I don't know. There was a point in which, and I think it had to do with her tenaciously holding on to, and you know, probably if Beatrice hadn't turned into a dragon, would have given her some damage. I feel like I don't know. This book's super serious. We, it's nice to chuckle every once in yeah. a while. Um, you're talking about the length of it. That it was- well, there was an. Maybe not so much the actual, you know, like page count wasn't bad, but there was some pacing as Alex clung more and more tenaciously to Beatrice not turning into a dragon. There was a point at which I'm going, all right, either she needs to be able to do this or Beatrice is going to be screwed up. Right, and and I get what the author was doing. The author, again, was talking about this cycle of trauma where, you know, Alex was repressed. So then Mm -hmm. Alex is going to repress someone until someone breaks that cycle. Yeah. We got it. We and it just felt like it went on for so. I felt like I felt long. like I felt like the big, I feel like the big like Denouement and everything. I just feel like it all was just a beat too late. Yeah, and I also feel like the um the build up the like the conflict was too long because it was like from page yes. ninety to page like two hundred and something. It was just golly, this is so. It was just so much and. The problem is, like you said, each act had a different villain. We could have gotten the point with that first act villain. Yeah. And it just kept going and going and yeah. going. And I just was like, oof, is this book going to ever have a, like, there was no reprieve, you know? And yeah. I think. I feel like it, I mean, I feel like it could have been, I mean, I feel like it could have been shaved down to a novella. Or it <laughs> would story. need to have, or there needed to be. Like more with Mar, like we needed to have a a, a strong secondary plot, maybe with like the Marla and the dragons yeah. and stuff yeah. like that, as opposed to it being so restricted to Alex's. Yeah. What you know, s- keeping with her story. I agree. What I felt like, what I felt like is that this was a novel that, whether intentionally or unintentionally, was s- structured to eventually become a movie. Oh uh, yeah, or or a short series because we had a real restricted line of sight. Yep. Um, and we have lots of things to. There's lots of cool visuals and lots of moments. I can totally see that. But not so few moments that if something has to get cut, it doesn't ruin the story. Nothing changes. Yeah, the plot was the same. But I will say, I loved the epilogue, like the very very <gasps> end. I cried. It was so good. I cried. Um, you find out. I mean, just explain the epilogue with, the, well, with when, Beatrice. When you well, when you find out that Beatrice is like the UN representative or of NATO the dragons. Rep- yeah, yeah, because it's this and whole Alex thing. Alex is just there. She's just there to support. It's just old. And she's old lady. Yeah. I, the, an old person character. I'm gonna start crying right now talking about an old person character. Oh my gosh. Um. Because there's this whole thing where there's mentions of this representative, the dragon representative. Because yep. they start, they like I said, they they bring dragons back into society, and it's again, it's representative of like being involved in the military and women mm-hmm. being able to vote. Okay, we you know we got it. So they start using dragons to fight, and the dragons are able to give them a um, upper hand in the war, and they end up mentioning very briefly, but that in this alternate history, they're able to like end the Vietnam War early. Is that correct? Yeah. Or is it the Korean War? There's a no, war. no, Korea, the Korean, Korean War is in the 50s. Okay, yeah. So so it would have been Vietnam because we would have, 
it would have kept it from going too far into the 70s. Right. And yeah. so basically involving dragons and letting dragons do what they were meant to do ends this war early. Mm-hmm. And so, and it has lasting effects. And you could see the lasting effects from in right. the Vietnam War early. Um, and so she wins a Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. And you don't know who it is. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, who is this? Who is this amazing dragon warrior yeah. representative? And Alex is on the sidelines as a little old lady, yeah. like just supporting her sister. And you find out. And then at the very end, like the last sentence is like, let me introduce myself. I'm Beatrice. And I, yeah. I mean, Chase can tell you, I was in the bed and I just was like, <gasps> yeah. Ah! And she's cool. And she's, and she's yeah, gold. Yeah, I'm like crying right now. And she, uh. yeah. Her, the, the ending was wonderful. Oh, I just. So good. And I just wanted more. Like, again, I think we could have shaved off 150 pages easily yeah. of story because it wasn't really anything. Um, because there were those moments in the book that had these really, really good emotional moments. And then it was like, oh, drag, 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 drag. Yeah. Big emotional moment. Drag, 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 drag. And then that epilogue, like you said, just wrapped it all together. Where yes. that epilogue almost made me want to rate it a five star. And I didn't because yeah. I knew how I felt about the last you know, right. 200 pages I'd read, yeah. but it definitely um, could have been a novella, even a short story. So here, here's one for you. Did you think that her... Sorry, I'm still emotional Did you think that her mom's, her mom's knots, did you think that they were like, like powerful, like that they could keep people from turning into dragons, that she learned some arcane thing? Because mm-hmm. I, in my head, I was like, because, you know, she disappears for a while at the right. beginning. They talk about her leaving and then coming back. Right. After the first time a few dragons had happened, and I'm like, did she go somewhere and learn about this, or did she become one and switch back? I think it was more representative of those weird like wives' tales or like weird pressures we mm-hmm. put on people. You know, um, like shoulders are a stumbling block for men, so you need to wear straps that are three inches thick. Yeah. Like these weird, weird constraints we put on people sure. sometimes. Um, I think it was more representative of that. But maybe, maybe yeah, her mom is magical. Um, that's the only way that she can, you know, exercise her brain because she's such a genius mathematician. She focuses on the geometry and physics right. of these knots. I just because I knew there was dragons in the story. I'm like, I'm wondering, did somehow did she learn how to? Is it a ward? Was she taken advantage of? And and are 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 the the uh, suppressive men in her life trying to use her as like a t- weapon against the dragons because she knows how they work. I mean, what an interesting story. Yeah. I would definitely. But then it would have gone all sorts of other places. Right. So, um, so. Yeah, I rated this a four and I think you did as well, right? You know. I. I It was either a three or a four, not because the three was a problem. It was a three because it was good, but I don't. I will probably not read it again no it wouldn't be a reread for me at all um and it is also one that i don't i would not hastily <laughs> recommend uh i gave it a three okay because it was enjoyable well that's also where they think it's a very grim story it was a good book right but i felt like some of the best moments got a little lost Mm-hmm. I agree because it was so bogged down, but yeah. we could go on and on about that. Yeah. But overall, it was a really good book. I still think people should read it. Just be prepared for their. I mean, you're gonna have to work through a few things. Yeah, I but did. Also, I, is this one of her first books? I I did. I'm, I I had her website up here. She wrote a book called. Oh, first of all, I really wish that there was a m- bigger story with her and Sonia. Oh. Instead yes. of instead of Sonya being at the very beginning and the very I, that was a thing that I was really sad about because I felt like that could have took taken the narrative places. Yeah. Um. She wrote a book in 2014 called The Witch's Boy. 
Okay. She wrote a book called or the mo the mostly true story of Jack. It looks like YA ish kind of things. So this is maybe her first like serious big The unlicensed novel. magician Iron Hearted Violet looks kinda cool. Cover wise. Oh, okay. The mostly true story of Jack. So it looks like she did a lot of suspenseful and fantastical YA kind of things. Children and young adults. So this is maybe her first big. Yeah, which is you can see is kind of a bridge story considering Alex is in elementary when the story starts, I believe. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And she's written a lot of short fiction and that have gone into fantasy-oriented uh collections so uh oh she won a newberry award for something nice so yeah i just don't see on her covers i don't see the little newberry uh medal anyway yeah you should definitely still i mean i would still recommend it but um with some caveats but overall yeah. great book of the month and oh. next oh go ahead oh no i was gonna say i like her wordpress blog yeah is she has her little write-up as kelly barnhill author teacher mom newberry medalist terrible gardener Maker of pie. I love it. Yeah. I, love <laughs> I, it. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's Terrible charming. Terrible gardener. Cute. Okay. Well, uh, good book of the month. So for October, we're reading Taste yeah, by yeah. Stanley Tucci. Yes. My Life Through Food. Mm-hmm. The or My Life Has Told Through Food. Yeah. It's the his tooch. It's his food-related memoir, and yeah. it's going to be... I yeah, it's it's gonna be a wonderful thing. It's, it's my a, birthday month, and I get to read about gluten or about all the gluten, about yeah. pasta with Stanley Tucci mm-hmm. and I'm really excited. But so. then you also will read about how he is he doesn't use gluten anymore. Right. So, yeah. Anyway. Amazing. So, uh catch us on the flippity floor. <laughs> wow. I, I don't know. Stanley I don't Tucci know. Tucci would say that. Catch I don't know a way to I don't know way I don't know way to drag it up flippity flop. Well, give me Stanley Tucci cuz we're going oh. into that one. Hi. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Say your business and then go. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll see you next time. We're on a on a longer episode. Bye. Full links. Bye. This has been Spirited Reads. We thank you for joining us. Please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, keep track of the podcast and join the conversation at spiritedreads.com by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and by joining our Goodreads page by searching Spirited Reads Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, we're on Patreon. Keep reading, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thank you.